Before we start this episode, I would like to take a minute to tell you about the upcoming Texas Woodworking Festival, where makers and enthusiasts come together to celebrate their love for the craft. Join us for this two-day event filled with fun, creativity, and inspiration. The festival brings together lumberyards, woodworking organizations and clubs, content creators, furniture makers, and tool manufacturers for a weekend of food, drinks, and all things woodworking. This year, the festival is launching educational seminars where you'll have the opportunity to learn from some true masters of the craft, including Frank Straza, Philip Morley, Kim McIntyre, and Andrew Hunter, just to name a few. The festival will be held in Austin, Texas on August 26th and 27th. Visit TexasWoodworkingFestival.com for more information and to buy tickets. Whether you're a seasoned woodworker or just starting out, there's something for everyone at the Texas Woodworking Festival. Hi, I'm Kyle, and on episode 459 of the MWA podcast, Sean, Brian, and myself are asking Dawson Moore the five questions. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out Dawson's interview on episode 458. So welcome back to the show, Dawson. Hey there. Welcome. Welcome. So uh, before we get started with the five questions, uh, Brian, do we have a patron shout out for this episode? Indeed, we do. A big, uh, as always, a big thanks to our Patreon supporters. Today, we're giving a big shout out to Colin Anderson, who is, uh, I think, a longtime friend of the show, I think. Mm -hmm. um, if you would like to support the MWA podcast, uh, go to www.patreon.com forward slash MWA podcast and pick your level of support there. And we would very much appreciate it. Yes. And thank you, Colin. So start us out, Brian. Question All right. Number one. Dawson, here we go. Uh, Interesting question here. How did you get into woodworking? Um, I, I just, I barely touched on it in the last episode, I suppose, but it, I, I had this interest in furniture design since kind of high school age. And uh, around the time I turned 30, I kind of just finally decided like enough's enough and I need to start woodworking. And I just started woodworking <laughs> more or less. That was that was the gist of it. Um, there was, I don't know, mo mostly on my own. There was, we were out in San Diego still. I took a couple of classes. There was a, a community college up in San Marcos that uh, it's kind of a known woodworking yeah. school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think there, I think Lee Nielsen does hand tool events there and that kind of thing. Um, it was like a carving class. Um, nothing I really... Uh, not not the kind of carving <laughs> I was about to say. Nothing I stuck with, but uh, it was it was like acanthus leaf and ball and claw foot, yeah, and that kind of thing. Um, and I I imagined myself building furniture right, right away, and I got all the tools to build furniture, and like immediately heard about spoon carving, and like realized I just wanted to carve spoons <laughs> all the time. <laughs> It was a diversion, but then I I finally found my way back to furniture and ch uh, chairs at least. Nice. Yeah, at least chairs. Have you made m many uh, flat type work, cabinet, you know, type stuff? Yeah, I made uh, I made a few pieces. That 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 was kind of you know the impetus of it all was just to be able to build some furniture for our house and stuff. So there was a few like a uh, built-in bench and some little some little coffee table and different things like that for the house. Cool. Did you have, did you have any of your family that was in woodworking? Uh, no, I mean, my, 
I had a grandpa that I uh, he died when I was pretty young. He he was more of like a, he could kind of build you know build anything. Far, like he was a farmer, so mm-hmm. kind of farm style could rig anything he needed. But no, no uh, formal woodworkers in my family or anything that I know. Yeah. So so you moved from uh, California out to Michigan then. Uh, California. That was just a brief. Uh, I I was born and raised in Michigan. I've okay. Spent, I don't know six or seven years out in San Diego and moved back. Okay. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, so how long have you been uh, back back there in Michigan? Uh, we moved back in fourteen. So fourteen. Yeah. And okay. that's more or less like how long I've been woodworking. I I kind of got into it right before we moved from California and. Uh, Part, part of the spoon thing, I mean, we moved back to Michigan and we moved uh, onto my family's farm and started building a house. And it's, I mean, the farm is mostly just woods. So I just had all this access to amazing spoon wood. And I had like a nice covered front porch in the farmhouse my mom grew up in and stuff and a bunch of time on my hands. So it was kind of a spoon recipe for spoon (laughs) 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 sounds like it's well where's your shop now is it uh is it adjacent to your house no it's in the house so we have we have kind of a walkout basement Mm -hmm. uh arrangement and about you know half of that is a garage and uh so two car garage i have i i leave my car outside and have a machine room in there and then my shop is just just adjacent to the garage it's a you know where i've done all my carving and do all my hand tool work and i have my lathe and a drill press in here as well yeah yeah if you're a chair maker you got to have a drill press yeah yeah Yeah. so that's yeah it's definitely it's it's really set up for chair making right now yeah Yeah. so how how big's your shop uh I think it's about what is it? It's either twelve or sixteen by like twenty or something. Okay, okay. that's that's good yeah. size. That's perfect yeah, for chair making. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, it's great for chair making. I'm I'm trying to figure out if I can rearrange it a little bit better and start doing some small classes here someday. Um, yeah, it's a little tight the way it's set up right now, but I think I think I can rearrange it a bit better yeah i asked i one time i asked curtis buchanan about his shop and the size and he goes one of the things he said is it's the perfect size for me but i gotta be real careful about the tools i have because they have to be used and they have to have a place Mm -hmm. (laughs) no excess yes yeah i'm of the same mentality as far as that goes (laughs) exactly well speaking of tools so what is your favorite tool uh, our limit is 23 so yeah i definitely have more than washed <laughs> the top the top top of the list has to be like it's like got it's probably a toss-up between just a, a sloyd knife which is like just a short you know two to three inch flat ground carving knife um and a draw knife those are kind of at the top mm-hmm. which means i also have to throw a shave horse in there Right, <laughs> and probably spoon meal and yeah. uh, spoke shave, like spoke shave, <laughs> even travisher kind of like in the mix, too. Pretty great. <laughs> I mean, you 
So your favorite tool is the spoon making tool collection. Oh, and well, the draw knife, the traversers. Yeah, yeah, and then and into into chair making. Yes, all these all these things. Yeah. I, I let, me, let me check. Oh, I I do have a draw knife. I don't have any of that. Just one. You can't just, just one. Just one. I do. I do legitimately have one. Well, yeah. that's that's the first question you ask a chair maker is how many draw knives yeah. do you yeah. have? Right. Yeah. Right. If, if if you look away long enough, they multiply behind you. Okay. Okay. I have a yeah. spoke shave. <laughs> I have one. I have one spoke shave. One draw knife. I don't have a horse to use them on. Uh, the best I've got is a vice that I can hold something in and use them on. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, I, I am not a chair maker. So <laughs> it's epic. Yeah. My, my draw knife collection stayed relatively, <laughs> I know, I know. relatively <laughs> consistent after, over the past few years. But my shave horse and traverser collection sure is growing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think I would like the Travishers so much, but it really, it's, uh, I made, I made a few of them and it's, it's right in line with, with, I mean, it's basically a spoke shade. Mm -hmm. It's fun, at least in white pine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Clear white pine. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I've, yeah. Down here, we don't, we don't get the white pine and I'm forced to use stuff like poplar for seat blanks. And that's where the one that, um, uh, James Marcel oh, came up yeah. with right, its dividends right. because that thing works better than a scorp, really. Yeah. You know, when you set it for heavy shaving. Right, right, right. Oh, cool. So, uh, who has influ influenced you the most in, uh, let's say, your your woodworking? Um, I don't. No one person really sticks out a ton, but it, it's definitely like a mixture. It's like uh, I would say it's a lot of like craft peers not necessarily even in woodworking but like uh a lot of people who become like friends and acquaintances but just yeah. their their work the common denominator is like they're like intensely interested in material and process usually um and it could be you know convert you know sometimes it's just i find their work inspiring but a lot of times it's like getting a chance to talk with them sometimes it's sharing ideas sometimes it's tips sometimes it's just commiserating about <laughs> craft life and that kind of thing um but are there a lot really, are there a lot of you know those type of people in your community or are you finding it largely outside of your community there's roughly zero in my community. <laughs> my like, you're you're it, huh? Fair enough. My fair town enough. is like a little over a thousand people. Right, right. So there, I mean, there's there's certainly some artists and some some crafts people, but n yeah, not not like yeah, I don't know, no much like entirely online Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, the. Yeah, it's one aspect, this whole, my whole, well, I guess this is more about the internet question, I guess. Yeah, but. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, save that for just a minute. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, the, it's more, yeah, a group, a group of people um, that I find inspiring. Yeah. And it's, and it, it, it mostly has to do with, like I said, that intense focus on material and process usually is the, connecting factor there yeah you have you have an an interesting kind of a, a story uh, or or your your path in in you self-discovery and self-teaching 
in in a way that I I, I understand that and, you know that that that's how you kind of answer that question is like no it's just like it's a whole bunch it's a conglomerate of things and I focus in on those things that are like minded or 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 focused in in that way like that that totally makes sense that's kind of unique not everyone actually I mean I, I mean if we've done, I mean how many episodes are we in four hundred some like we've we've asked a lot of people that same question and and it's it's uncommon to have your aspect on it but not that i'm not saying that's a, that's a bad or strange thing is it's it's evident though like you can kind of tell yeah. kind of by how by how you're speaking and where you came from that it's not you don't look up to roy underhill or even some grand chair maker necessarily it's 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 your thing it's what it yeah. what makes it for you yeah it's a little you know there there's definitely there's definitely some chair makers i really looked up to and that kind of thing but again again they're yeah it's it's become more of a group and all that's it was just out of necessity it's like i moved to this small town uh didn't have time didn't have money to go take classes um and just yeah didn't have any kind of support structure locally or anything and just right was really forced to just um reach out to other to people in other ways and kind of i don't know it was uh it all worked out though, I guess. yeah yeah i mean i mean i mean tip of the cap to your successes because yeah you, it's a hard road for sure especially in a town of a thousand and and yeah. no one really within arm's reach to help you out yeah. no one to lean on no mentors to 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 pull an ear on uh you gotta do that all that work yourself yeah yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah I, I've, been, I've been going down a rabbit hole lately with some of the potters out there and stuff like that <laughs> that are doing some really and calling them potters is probably the wrong language. But uh, some of these uh, designs and some of the uh, basically vessels are creating are just outstanding work. Yeah, I totally agree. I, that one thing that draw, I, I'm also very drawn to that world. And I think I think it was like very similar production aspect to it that isn't you know that's fairly uncommon in the woodworking world to like do that kind of production um you know just tons of the same stuff day in day out mm -hmm. uh, i find i find that really interesting for sure so dawson uh question number four is what is your biggest stumbling block um well the past year it has been like i was kind of alluding to it when he in the last episode when he asked how i was selling chairs it's like uh been feeling a bit identity uh as my maker identity crisis <laughs> this whole <laughs> past year it's like i don't know if i'm a spoon carver or a woodworking instructor or a spoon teacher or chair teacher or like am i gonna make production chairs or fancy chairs or you know i definitely overthinking it uh, <laughs> but definitely haven't come to any conclusions <laughs> yeah well i know a I lot think, of people that answer is yes i am all yeah. those things <laughs> i think uh, yeah it's kind of inevitable that that's what it's going to take to make it work but it all it just there was a ta a simpler time when I was a production spoon carver, and that's all I did <laughs> for many years. And uh, I'm finding it a little hard to transition. Um, like I feel like as necessary as it seems to kind of diversify, it also seems like not focusing, not giving full attention to each one of those 
also has its own downfalls. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's been that's been the struggle this year with no with no real end in sight. But may, you know, maybe we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so last question then: uh, How has the internet influenced your work? We kind of touched on that, but yeah, more. I mean, there you know there was kind of two worlds. Like one in, in one world, or like I don't know. Internet was definitely a lifeline, like I just described, like small town, no mentor in the traditional sense, um, basically learned, learned everything from online sources, more or less books and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, all these connections I've made have been entirely through Instagram, uh, tons of friends and acquaintances and like all my teaching opportunities, couple writing opportunities, podcast interviews, like every, <laughs> every every single opportunity has I think come through Instagram probably. Um, but that you know I don't know that definitely hasn't always equaled money or a living, but it's, <laughs> yes. it has added up to something. Um, but then there was you know like I said for four years or so I'm. Mean, you know, I probably made like 80% of my income just in my local community doing those farmers markets. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was, there, I don't know, for a while I was kind of in two worlds, like uh, one hyper local, completely, you know, no one, pretty much no one knew who I was at the farmer's market other than the guy that carves spoons at the farmer's market. <laughs> <laughs> cool guy. And that was my whole, most of my living. And that, that kind of changed, uh, you know, I, I stopped doing markets, you know, some point during the pandemic. And so it really has, you know, it's become all online, but it's, you know, like I said, it's gotten a lot more complicated and more moving parts and that kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah and I mean, when did you start your, your website? You have a pretty nice website. Uh, I think... I think that was pretty early on because it was always also like my point of sales system was all baked into that, even for the market. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, I, I think that was pretty early on. I've had that quite a while now. And I, I, uh, you know, that's probably in need of some update. I, I usually end up with about, one spurt of working on my website per year i'd say <laughs> is it, i mean it, is it generating business for you or it, has, did it at one time is it continuing to i guess is the question it ebbs and flows sure. um it uh the spoon meal plans are kind of like a constant trickle like they've always i'm always on spoon meal plans ever since jeff and i released those like four years ago or something and uh i don't know yeah i got I, I keep getting doing these classes i'm reminded of my youtube i i don't think i've posted anything there for maybe four years or more and i think i only have like a dozen videos on there but you know like some of my classes are like half the people are talking about yeah i know you from youtube and all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> i can't even remember what i have posted up there at this point but um that that kind you know that just this week you know this past week got me thinking ah, i better 
you know, pay attention to this online stuff a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Well, that's fantastic. Well, um, speaking of YouTube, so where can folks find you on the YouTubes as well as other places? Uh, mostly Instagram at mm. Michigan Floyd and then my website, michigansloyd.com. And what are you on YouTube? I assume Michigan Sloyd. Uh, I, I believe so. I would have to. <laughs> if not, look up Dawson Moore and I'm sure that will come up too. But, uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, be, be looking out for the future YouTube star here. Dawson yeah. Moore, you heard yeah. it here first. So, <laughs> so Brian, where can folks find you? Uh, Instagram is where you can find me at Opst Woodworks and Opst is just O B S T. Kyle, how about you? Uh, you can always find me on Instagram at Barton.Kyle, BB Custom Tools, bbcustomtools.com, or on YouTube under BB Custom Tools or Kyle Barton. And while I uh, don't post regularly, maybe just a tad more than than Dawson, just a tad. <laughs> Sean, what about yourself? Uh, per usual, you can find me at SeanW78. And that just about wraps it up for this show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. And while you're there, please leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support the podcast, go over to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. But the best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.